DG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks for checking out year-round carnival. Fantastic racing on either side of the country. Militarised, making it back-to-back from the size produce in a Group 1 double and, in fact, bringing up the Waller Slam because, of course, the master trainer won the Golden Slipper. Giga Kick, fantastic in the all-age stakes. And on the other side of the country, hence... Bit of Dave Dobbin work in behalf, on behalf of the uh, Kiwi Bjorn Baker. Overpass just from Amelia's Jewel in the Cocker. G'day, Vince. Hey, Ralphie. How are you? What a race that was. Wow. Well, a big ticket innovation, eh? There's always room to innovate. We saw the Gather Round was a big success in the AFL, but we talk about racing and the Quokka. Uh, hats off. That was a fantastic race and uh, a great success. Yeah, great success. Really, really was. Um, <laughs> These races, they're good. They're really good. Need a few more of them. They're just fantastic. Just, I mean, they all catch on to the landies, don't they? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, wrong with uh, copying good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. And like, it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was so competitive as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I reckon uh, I reckon Amelia's Jules knows cost you going from a fantastic day to a mega mega day. Yes. Wow. You know, like, I, I'm i usually pretty good on the finish lines. My first reaction was, I, I reckon it's got it, but then I said, oh, maybe not. Well, I just don't like that winning post, Vince and Ascot, because uh, kissing all four cheeks would have been nice to me in that <laughs> in December, and then the same type of thing, just missed. So, of course, uh, it dominated the day, as it should have, and that's what we'll uh, we'll look at. Well, actually, we'll look at one other race, too, the Caracara, I'm going to ask you about, but let, let's have a look at the Quokka, the Breakdown of speed, it was expected to be fast, and it was pretty fast. Yeah, well, the the track played beautifully. I know they, they kept the sign up, I think, all day S5, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but um, I'm not no. taking any S5 on your data here. No, 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 no. I mean, have a look at it. There it is, plus 4.3. That's, like, very, very solid. Um, you know, even in the mid-race, they're still travelling 1.8 lengths above benchmark. Ralphie, solid pace. We're just talking about overpass, pretty much. Can't believe it. I mean, actually, I can believe it. I shouldn't say that. When I went back and had a look at the performance of this horse, there were some really good runs. And probably the the profile of the horse was, from an IVR perspective, was probably slightly underrated. And this is uh, that was the catch. The reality was a couple of those victories probably sort of justified this horse being in the mid-threes. Yep, and there it is, three point six above overall performance. So no, no surprise in the end in the way the horse uh, was able to win. Now I know it was, you know, we're talking about like if all things being even, it probably doesn't win, Ralphie. But this is this, you know, I don't <laughs> like to, post Yeah, I don't want to use those things as an escape, uh, as a, as an excuse because Amelia's jewel was like out in like lane 20 or something, right? So yeah. <laughs> they had Which you said would be an advantage. Yeah and, yeah, and it did get that advantage. I mean, look at the last 400 metres, plus 6.2. And the horse almost broke 11 seconds for the last 200 metres off a you know, pretty sharp speed. It was inside the elastic, well, you know, I was probably towards the outer end of the elastic band. What is it? Oh, 6.6, yeah, you know, it's probably that half length. 
That's 7.6, you know, isn't it? Yeah, 7.6, you know, yeah. maybe half length to one length too far back. With the elastic band, just for people picking up for a recent pickup, um, yeah, basically you're saying if it's a hot speed, three to six is ideal. Yeah, that's that's the gold, the golden spot. If you can be in that range, then you um, pretty much get every opportunity to um, get victory in terms of energy, that you can conserve the power that you can still have at the finish, particularly if you get that lane bias advantage. But um, you know, it looked like to me the whole strategy was follow, follow Bella Nipotino, Ralphie. Yeah, that's what it looked like. But hats off to the winner, and it's really weird, Ralphie. Like, I, obviously, I backed Amelia's jewel. Mind you, this is one of the reasons why I'm, you know, a big stickler for betting for a place because. It's a horse racing game, and the photo finishes sometimes can cost you a lot of money. And I'd rather so, get something than nothing. It's at a dollar seventy a place, you'd have been right. Oh, you know, gold. Yeah, right. A, a little bit like another horse in Sydney, where you know you get prices that are like well beyond what you think it should be. But the reality was, when you peel it all back, the um, performance of um, I, I'd say that the three of them. They probably yep. even asked for as well. Like they, they ran superbly. They so really with, did. With overpass, and again, this is being Monday, not Friday, yep. uh, post-race learning. But I, I did note through probably, you know, here we are mid-April, but through February, March and last last couple of weeks, what we repeatedly said was, oh, sorry, actually not the past couple of weeks because it's been back to very heavy tracks in Sydney. But through February and, and, and March, when we had good tracks in, in uh, Sydney, we repeatedly were looking at horses that had improved and said, well, you, you hadn't had a chance on dry tracks because of 2022 being such a disaster weather-wise in, in New South Wales. And, gee, take away the heavy tracks from, from overpass and then you've got to look at it again. So true. This is what I was going to say, Ralphie. I'm, I'm listening to, you know, the Ascot and they say, and they go, Bjorn Baker said, oh, my God, is that the signal? <laughs> go, is that oh, the signal? Would, yeah. no, that's what happened straight away. I go, is that the signal? And 17s into 11s. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he's a bit of a stud, right? Yeah. In terms of uh, being able to make things happen. And, yeah, he, he was trained to the minute. I mean, even, you know, like I had a look at its barrier trial, you know, and I go, oh, that's pretty good. But turned up, ran superbly, and really off such a – such a speed, Ralphie, to be able to do what it did. I just thought it was a great effort, really great effort. And again, um, Josh Parr, let's talk about him as well before we get to Amelia's because, I mean, you know, he's led. He's led at a fast pace, but, gee, look at those 200 increments. I suppose the horse has deteriorated as slowly as possible, which is an ideal front-running ride. Yeah, and, like, usually when you do what it, what it did as well, like, in terms of slowing the horse down all the way from the 600 to, to the 200-metre mark, right? Yep. And then re-accelerating. That's not an easy thing to do, Ralphie. Generally speaking, horses cave in when that happens. And, and look, maybe the reality is this. The, the head start that it had and the overall structure of the race was probably too much, and it was only because Amelia's duel so dynamic that the margin was so close because realistically, if Amelia's draw was probably drawn somewhere a little bit better, I, I look, I'm not going to say would the horse have um, been, uh, how do I put it? Maybe it would have been a length closer yeah. instead of like out to last because I knew that's where they're going to go back to last. It might have been 
a length close. Now, a length close, probably the horse is just too good. So let's again talk about true handicapping. Four kilos yep. less than Millie's jewel, but 7.6 lengths head start at the 800 metre mark. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's too much, even with the the bias. And the bias was like on show, Ralphie. Like you talk about just, the super wide lane bias. Yeah, 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 you could see it. It was just so, so powerful. And just, was, just wasn't enough. Just wasn't enough. You can only go on the race shape presented to you as a, as a rider, and particularly around a home turn, Vince. And, and this is where uh, I think it, it's really showing that there was there is that so- slowdown between the uh, the six hundred and four hundred in, tra- in traffic and just waiting your time before you peel. That's that's clearly uh, on the data the uh, the difference. Yeah, yeah, and you could see the horse really trying to shoulder its way into into play, and yeah, you, you just. Can't- you just can't you just can't do it even as as fast as the horse was able to sort of power home it wasn't enough oh the rider did think he'd he'd, he'd um, lost this is uh, overpass rider so geez it must have been <laughs> must have been awfully close exactly so 3.6 for uh, Millie's jewel but with that slowdown in in traffic from the 600 to 400 under an e what did you learn about the horse go, uh, as, as uh, ability wise on the day best last thousand best last 200 of the day it's a fair run yeah, well, probably the, the the first thing that I wanted to see was, like, you had to. I'm not going to say uncommon James, or maybe to a a lesser extent, um, you know, Bella Nipotina. But the reality was this: I really did want to see that Amelia's jewel was able to at least beat Bella Nipotina because I knew the horse was absolutely set for that race. Yeah, and therefore. There was a high probably the best version of that horse was going to turn up, where a horse like Uncommon James, no matter how you looked at it, it was at the top of the grid. It couldn't have been like a race they'd set it for. It had to have been an afterthought. And, it's, you know, the trainer, whilst he's got a lot of ability, can't be totally sure that he was going to be able to have this horse go again. And therefore... It was never going to be the right horse to judge it off, but Bella Nipotina, that was the judgment call for me. If you could uh, beat that horse, then that would sort of give me the real insight about how far you're off from, let's say, a couple of the real stars that that we have in play, like I Wish I Win and Giga Kick. The reality is it is a good genuine two lengths behind that horse at the moment. Uh, can- well, look, hold that thought because I'll, I'll tell you what, for a Group 1 bonus today, because it's, you know, it's the end of the carnival for, yep. for Sydney, and then for a Group 1 bonus today, we might just banter a bit about uh, Amelia's Jewel, I Wish I Win, and Giga Kick as far okay. as the matchup. So we're, yep. before we before we uh, talk about Giga Kick, just that carrot carrot I played, that's a, that's a nice two-year-old Super Smink, isn't it? <laughs> In race seven? Yes. It did make the race look pretty easy. I love – that was interesting. I mean, the horse ended up with a 1.6 lengths above IVR benchmark overall performance, which is a real sharp lift for this horse. What surprised me was, I mean, both those runners, even, you know, Liv tell, who had a – you know, when I say there's a bullish profile around for him, the horse hadn't quite put it up on the board yet because it was around a minus – they both ran the minus two range, right? Yeah. The rider got off that super swing and said, yes, I reckon the horse improved four lengths. And I go, yeah, well, there you are, plus 1.6. That That's probably true and correct. So how, how interesting that the rider was able to see or feel the difference yeah. from what it had been doing to what it did. I mean, the horse has been performing 
pretty much from mid fours below benchmark to minus 2.7 leading into this race. Now, mind you, that was still going to make it competitive, but to make that next step was great and, and it was impressive. You're right, Ralphie. The horse was very impressive. Like, I love the way it exploded over the last 400 metres, and it's definitely a horse that's got some talent. Gee, I'm just looking at some of these two-year-olds. They, uh, no wonder they, the leaders couldn't sustain it because I, I don't know the two, two-year-old form in Perth, and, uh, but it, it's nearly virtually the same speed as the Quokka early. Oh, it was. It was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and then you have a look at even Super Sphinx, right, from, you know, the first section in terms of speed. Like, it, it was travelling at a, a pretty decent pace, but the, that's the goal. It's like inside that six-length range and the beautiful move in the mid-race wasn't like an overextension so the horse was ridden to perfection yeah all right well that's that's a be interesting if danny morton brings brings this one across to the east because that that lines up very well for instance the blue diamond uh, as a starting point there so uh good signs let's have a look at uh ranwick we were worried about how the track would play how'd the track play ranwick yeah (laughs) they can't they they went birdie drating this three weeks ago don't think it was better better good success for him no, well, let's let's look at it. I mean, the race one was never going to be the best guide, but it came up minus 20. Race two, I thought it was going to be a good guide, even though the quality of the horses weren't the best, right? But the reality is big field, should have reasonably good speed, minus nine, 19. <laughs> race three, again, you know, decent size field. Uh, not the highest grade of horses, but minus 21. And then race four, minus 17 and a half, minus 16. And, you know, like I look at that race six where there was just like, we've got to talk about that one, minus 12, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, then, yeah. Hold. <laughs> yeah. Race seven, minus 29. Race eight, here we are, Giga Kicks race is probably, you know, a, a, this is a top guide, minus 13.9. So we... You know, the last race, minus 19, uh, second last, sorry, minus 21. We, we were we were H8, Ralphie. You know, we were H8 all day. Fantastic. All right. So that, uh, fortunately, though, you saw him well. Uh, let's, yep. let's, um, let's have a look at Giga Kickstart off with the with the emerging rock star of Australian racing. This is what we wrote in Sizzlers. So this is our Black Book product where you also get Vince's IVR report. This is after he came second to I Wish I Win. Outstanding Everest winner with 4.6 above benchmark. This track, this is in the spring. So here is nearly matched it with 4.4 lengths above benchmark. Uh, in running second, uh, I wish I win. Nodi was just second up into these testing conditions. The data strongly suggests it cost him victory. This is what we spoke about on the Monday, Vince. Well, I went on to, to break that down, but I re- did write. At time of writing, communication, he was heading to the All-Stars, All-Age Stakes. Should turn up there an absolute peak off this. Very solid wet track indicator of 8.9. So we, that what we learned in the Everest, uh, sorry, in the TJ Smith, was that he could handle wet ground. Yeah, and this was the thing, and that was important, right? It was, like, really important because you had to sort of – if you couldn't sort of get that chess piece sorted out, you then had the the additional dilemma of, okay, well, then how are we going to handle the ground as well, right? Yeah. So knowing that we could take at least one of the moves out the way and, you know, tick that box of having a level of confidence that this horse could handle the ground conditions. And here you go, like, WTI – in that Ramwick run was 8.9 and on the weekend it was 9. So it just franked it right that this horse is, you know, like fantastic in the wet ground, which is, you know, for me, I'm going, that's fantastic, right? But the reality is 
the next step was the performance about how you're going to step up and deliver at the mile. 1,400, you mean? Sorry. Uh, yeah, the 1,400, sorry. And I felt the pace was pretty good, lost them running. You know, like a bit of a surprise. They, you know, yeah, three and a half lengths. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get that. Honestly, I don't get it, what they were thinking about going forward and trying to create the pace. I mean, because it just couldn't have been a smart move. I got it with like Electric Girl, and that was probably what it should have been, more like a benchmark speed. But no, that horse went out and was going three and a half above and a lone leader and probably not a true reflection of the speed because I marked the speed, you know, benchmark off Electric Girl. That probably then really set it up for Giga Kick to be able to have that big finish. And it, w- it was a reasonable finish, Ralph. It wasn't uh, like like a, an unbelievable finish, but it, it beat the appropriate horses home and sort of stamped itself as a you know plus three first time round. Pretty good performance for a 1,400. A little bit off what it did at 1,200 metres of 4.4. And, you know, we sit here and, yeah, we can talk about, like, where's this horse headed and how much more improvement I feel... It still has. I might just pack the truck up here, reading the stewards report, lost and running. When questioned regarding his riding, Tom Markman said that as advice to stewards, his instructions were to ride lost and running, which was stepping up in distance in a prominent position. He said in keeping up with his instructions, he allowed his mount to stride forward in the early stages, approaching the 1100, chose to remain wide. Uh, he said when neither of those runners pressed forward, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, he allowed lost and running to proceed to the lead, however, uh, through this part of the race, the gelding commenced to race very strongly under him. He said that throughout the middle stages, he endeavoured to steady the mount to set a more sustainable tempo, however, the gelding refused to settle. So, obviously, uh, the horse then overdid it underneath him. First 400 breakdown on your on your chart here, 32.8. So that says pretty solid speed. And if you look at the on, an on-pacer like Marzu, who needs to sort of relax in the races, uh, he, he blew up and a horse like Zaki's behind him, who's a 2,000 profile horse. So he was able to sustain it. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're 1,200 to 1,400 trying that speed, good luck, you're out of play. Yeah, well, if you if you wanted to normalise that to a good track, Ralphie, they're going like plus 12. <laughs> good luck. I mean, it's just... Sorry, it's stupidity. I mean, you, yeah. And a horse like, and the reason why I'm saying this, see, a horse like lost them running. Whilst I wasn't looking at it on the weekend for money, but I was looking at this horse into the future, saying maybe it's going to make money. Yeah. But they can ruin these situations. Now, you don't know. Will a horse recover from that? How will it recover from that? Is that the end of the campaign? No matter what happens, you put yourself in a difficult situation should we see this horse in say three weeks time yeah so where where does where does that fit in with zaki obviously you know missed had some setbacks and missed some racing and you know in the end you said well i'll put him on most advantage in the four because you know if if he got got a soft lead you'd be sick if he if he hung on well he didn't get a soft lead of course but maybe that late drop off says that he's still got a queensland campaign in front of him well they definitely got the horse back yeah that was probably the important part. But the other thing that we have to think of is this, though, Ralphie. One of the other reasons why I wanted to have Zaki there is that when we just looked carefully at the 1,400-metre profile of the field, there was a lot of negatives. And therefore, yeah. this this horse who's so good at 1,400 metres was going to start to get some advantages. Now, overall, plus 1.1, that's, that's a good sign like they've got the horse back on track, whatever they've done. And, yeah, we, we now can have some confidence this horse will be 
a big chance of being able to run to its profile, which is in the mid to high threes. And I don't know, depending on who it bumps into, there's not going to be a lot of horses in in Queensland that are going to have that level of capability. So it's going to be going to its good stopping ground and make money. What did we learn from Millet's Rise, who was dominant against probably not much opposition uh, in the in the uh, Champagne Stakes in Race 7, the Group 1? Yeah, well, it did look good, didn't it? Like yeah. The way it won, but I guess the, the challenge was there's the speed, 18 and a half lengths below benchmark. I mean, not a lot you can do. It's hard to run time off that profile, but the last 800 metres or 1,000 metres, I want to call it, was very sustained, and there was some proof there. Like, you look at the overall last 1,200 of the day was the best best performer, which is another really good guideline. And I just love the way the horse was just, like, so even in its last sort of 600 metres. There it is. Well, really, from the 800 home, minus 2.68 to the 6, minus 2.7, 6 to the 4, 4 to the 2, minus 2.6, last 200, 2.6. I mean, could you ride it any better? No, he goes all right, that bloke. Oh, just <laughs> magnificent. And definitely a horse with the with some great upside. And and he just got that look of quality as well. Yeah, 100%. So let's see what he can do on a dry track in the in the spring, but exciting yep. horse there for Chris Waller for sure. All right, well, we let our members ask us questions on uh, on the Sunday. I always email uh, all our members and see if you, they want to contribute. Of course, today our members will be getting the Group 1 bonus chat, as I mentioned, between uh, a matchup between the three emerging stars, I Wish I Win, Giga Kick and Amelia's Jewel. But, uh, but, and you can become a member, by the way, because we're corporate bookmaker ad-free. Really appreciate the support of our members. We wouldn't be a member without it, so... Uh, via my website, racetrackrelfie.com.au. Danny and Scotty have asked similar questions. Vince, I'll read them both. I was staggered to hear prior to Jenny's owner's instructions to jockey Regan Bayless was to lead by a big margin. I'm surprised with trainers of this calibre of Mara Nusis that the owners would leave tactics on how to ride them. To lead by a big margin over 2,000 on a heavy eight is different to leading over 1,500 on a good three. Can Vince confirm the splits from the 800 to a 1,600 were 11,5, and 11,1? Glad I didn't back this horse. Stupid tactics. And from Scotty, hi, Ralph and Vince. I noticed Pride of Jenny seemed to have the accelerator stuck again. <laughs> Where would she have been after the first 1400 versus Giga Kick at the end of 1400 a photo finish? So he's been a bit tongue-in-cheek there. But Vince, not often a dual group one day. The talking point is not in the dual group one, but it's in the uh, the sixth race, the JRA. Yeah, but what they say in the stewards, Ralphie? <laughs> so, it's got to be well, an inquiry, they, they, it? they've opened an inquiry yeah oh, it has to be yeah, yeah. so the, they've opened an inquiry uh, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I've got enough to write here so an inquiry is open the tactics of Dr. Regan Bailey and Pride and Jenny and the reason for the mayor establishing a substantial leading margin through the early and middle stages of the race evidence was taken from co-trainer David Uses uh, and Regan Bayless has stated he had explicit instructions from the owner of Pride of Jenny to ride the mare with aggression in the early stages, establish a considerable lead and apply pressure well before, prior to the home turn in order to maintain a margin over the field. Mr. Eustace stated Pride of Jenny, Jenny's general racing patterns to the lead in its races and with the mare being stepped up at 2000, confirmed there was explicit instruction of the owner of Pride of Jenny in the manner stated by Regan Bayless. The inquiry was adjourned to gather further evidence in respect to Regan Bayless's instructions and examine other aspects of the race. Over to you, Vince. Yeah, well, I, firstly, I look at it like this. That, oh, you know, I'm not a steward, right, but that's a, a pretty real situation. Like, we know Pride of Jenny's a fast horse. Yep. Uh, 
typically we've seen profiles of this horse, whilst it's not like the cleaner, but it's not far off of like it's a genuine sort of 12 to plus 14 range when it gets going at a, at a, a really solid speed. And, and realistically, if they went to adopt that sort of a tactic on a day like the weekend was in a mile race, it's completely understandable, right? Yep. That you try and go and bust the field open because you might be able to hold on, right? Get some advice. But to 2,000, knowing this horse's, you know, profile, <laughs> I'm going to say this, Robbie, doesn't matter who you think you are and how good a trainer you are, you'd have to be a lunatic to think that this horse is going to be able to go at that pace and run 2,000 metres. You'd have to be – that's like the dumbest move you could ever make on a chessboard. That part's for sure. So I'm looking at it. These guys just made a dumb move. Their strategy, like you wouldn't have wanted to go to war with them on that occasion because they were all going to die. 100%. So so 23.8, I've, I looked up the cleaner in, in Adelaide's Cox Plate, and I'll get to another point about that, but 21.4 he went. I've never seen a horse since I've worked with you at 11 years go 23.8 first section. No, no, it's the fastest that, oh, well, record's there to be broken, right? So maybe <laughs> there could be a new fast speed coming up, but the reality was that is just supersonic. Um, this is my ground. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. Have a considerable lead. Okay, that, that makes sense, right? Yep. But you could be going 10 lengths slower. Yeah. Right? And still you're running a 13.8, which would be, I would say, well, up until this race, the outer edge of the horse's capability, right? Now, I, I'm asking myself this question. This is probably the real question. How on earth can this horse go that fast? Well, well it's... I suppose in a normal situation, there'd be no pressure to the horses would run naturally, like a, a, a version of the cleaner. So they would run naturally that fast, but not not when it's urged. So, <laughs> well, probably if it was in in any mile race, would have would have would have won for sure, right? Because <laughs> so the just secondary point there. is, and we we generally just talk results, but what what, what I want to put on the table here? I've got no idea why an owner is allowed to override trainers and jockeys. All they do, having money is not a skill set, right? So if you can afford to pay the training fees, good on you. If you afford to buy a horse, good on you. But that's not a skill set. And why, I think this has to lead to clarification, at least of tactics, because who is this owner to be able to, because not only what it did in the race, but Vince, if you've got an on-pacer like Cardinal Noir, Mount Popper and protagonist, you actually fucked the race for everyone else. <laughs> well, this this is this is what's happened, right? They have uh, definitely messed it up for everybody else because everybody's got to run fast. Yeah, and, and this is what's happened. They have run fast. Even the like you said, let's look at Card Noir. I mean, eight lengths above standard on wet ground. That that's <laughs> this is this is a no joke speed, right? This is yeah. High, this is Doncaster, Epsom, high level pressure, right? On heavy ground. Yes. Yeah, remember, this is an easy way to try and work out for anybody that looks at the race speed profile, like everybody that like subscribes to the Sizzler service, Ralphie. It's not hard to work out. How you look at it is you just look at the, the profile of the first section, and I'll give you some insight. I take away that you know ludicrous speed, and there was another race where it was really hard. The minimum adjustment you'll make on the day is about six and a half lengths for that first section. That's the minimum, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's just keeping it all real, right? 
Now, you had six and a half. You're going plus 30, Ralphie. That's just like that horse is finished. I don't care what anyone says. Like, good luck getting that horse back. All right. So the horses who avoided the speed, uh, you know, it's okay. probably, you know, let, let's get back to, to horses we can look at in the future. Three to six lengths off the true lead speed, which is Cardinal Noir. Yep. And, and so that's Dye Mill and Banker's Choice. Um, they, they, they've both produced pretty good runs. And you'd have to say Huerta, who, who um, is probably set for Brisbane, is now fully fit and can go back there and win another good race. Yeah, oh, for sure. This this was uh, fantastic from that perspective. And really, the first three horses across the line, well, even the uh, even the, the first five horses across the yeah. line all did superbly, Ralphie. They really did. But particularly the first three all broke benchmark. I love that. I mean, not often you're going to get a 2,000-metre race, unless it's like high-level talent, get in the top 10. Because it's a hard thing to do, right? But there yeah. it is. Diamil, second-best performance of the day with a plus two. And let's finish with a big smile that would have been on you. Oh, actually, two. I'll ask you about because Valana was. Uh, hang on, there's three <laughs> of the first five races. Three were pretty good quality. So let's go through a lot of them. We'll start at the top top of the day. Uh, and when I spoke to you on Saturday morning, Vince, you feel very keen to have a little play here on Ossipenko. And uh, he, as you said, there was going to be no speed in the race. We're just talking about the difference of of twenty three point eight up front here. They're leading at minus eight point eight. So can you believe it? Same track, same distance. Thirty two legs slower. <laughs> you gotta love that, don't you? Yeah. Probably. Well, that's that, that's that's been sensible, right? Yeah, that's been sensible. But the reality was fantastic. Like Ozapenko, yes. It's just from a betting point of view, I don't mind betting in two place dividends. Generally speaking, a if you've got some confidence that the runner you're wanting to stick to is a high probability, and for me, a high probability has got to be around like around 90% probability of running first or second, you generally get overs. Now, this horse ended up, you know, comfortably you could get $1.30, right? Now, that's it is the, the, like the skinny end of like what I like to take, right, from a place point of view. But it was probably over the odds, given the fact that there was no more than two chances in the race, right? Yeah. And if this was a 10-horse field, that horse still would have only played probably a dollar thirty, Ralphie, at best, right? Sometimes they're a bit more they're a bit more savage and it might end up a dollar twenty, right? And you could miss out. And your chance there's more risk because there's the the things can happen in bigger fields, blocked, checked, can't get out, you know, like it's it's the chaos theory that you can't allow for in the sense of you don't know. It's the twenty five percent chaos you don't know what's going to happen but in a small field there's less of that yeah and this was a superior horse in terms of class we also touched on it was just interesting how the trainer thought that you know they're going to set pericles up for mile races next campaign right and i go yep well that's smart but all things aside i mean i know you touched on that they feel that this could be a Cox Plate horse. Is that right, Ralphie? You, that, well, you heard well, something Chris about said he, he wanted to run over two thousand because that, that's that's a, a consideration for him. Yeah, well, it couldn't have done it any easier. What does best like, last time of the day mean at the end of two thousand? I know they've gone on for soft speed, but that's a lovely turn of foot. Oh, it was fantastic, Ralph. Just what it means is, horse was completely relaxed. Yeah, and at no stage was it outside of its rhythm, yeah. and really. The, the way it just accelerated, like it was one of those horses on the day where it really accelerated, like off that when you come off that 200-metre mark and then you find three lengths in terms of acceleration, that's excellent, right? Now, 
the reality is this this horse could have run two, three, four lengths fast and still would have been a, able to accelerate with a very similar sort of pattern because I just look at how gradually the horse just kept building its momentum. That's another sign and insight. And then you just look look at the last overall 1,200, Ralphie. This is another indicator about sustained speed, top three for the day. Mm. Good sign. Alendia yep. showed a lot of promise in her, in her Queensland campaign, uh, at, uh, at, which is a, had been her only one to date, hence starting odds on at the Gold Coast. Uh, they ended up spelling her after that. She's returned to uh, winning twice. Uh, Hawkesbury, she scrambled over line. Good on Saturday. Probably more to come considering the conditions. A couple to ask you about. Magic time, uh, over-raced, and uh, oh, it's amazing that stable when the money's on like it was first up. It's unbelievable, and then they didn't quite put it together. And Opal Ridge, you know, maybe we have to say it's just left it left it all out there on, on uh, in its first up run because it's just been flat as a pancake since. Yeah, like it was really spinning its wheels. Like it did try and make a little bit of a move late, but it was all yeah. too late. And mind you, the horse was outside the lanes, Ralph. You just a little bit, you got to bear that in, in mind as well. Yeah. Like those optics, you think like, oh, yeah, no, you're in the lanes. No, that makes it harder. But yes, the horse certainly off the shape. It was there to be able to do something, but it just, it, yeah, it ran really flat in the mid. And that's uh, another sign that, yeah, you're right, Ralphie, the horse already. It, could be a very fresh horse. It's something that we, well, something that I've noted anyway. That maybe this is how you got to look at a horse like this. You've Got to look at it next time it turns up. I don't know. Maybe they give it a break and go to Queensland. Do you think? Yeah. Well, who knows? They, they might. Yeah. Uh, they might let's spell see. all together and yeah, just bring it back to the spring. Yeah. But Alendi has got upside, hasn't it? Absolutely, plenty yeah. of upside with this horse. I know there was a bit of a negative taper at the end. Now, when I say plenty of upside. You've got to remember, we're still coming off a baseline of half length below benchmark, right, yeah. in that run. So I don't want to sit here and say, oh, this horse is going to, you know, break records, but it's 100% trending to that 0.8 above that it's got from the previous campaign. And I'm sure this horse has got to be going to Queensland. And let's finish with one who is going to Queensland and getting pretty excited. And Nash Rewilla would have been right at the top. You're already seat 1A in his fair club, Vince, but uh, yeah. he just he put it together again in, on Valana. Oh, I just knew my money was uh, in already in the in the vault. Like, <laughs> that horse was never going to lose the way it ran. Now, mind you, it did have to put a little bit of an effort over the last uh, few hundred metres, but to be able to do this off the profile, like first up, 1.4, that's just a sign about where they've got the horse. Uh, the Cummings boys, they've uh, got the, this horse tuned right up, and you could see it. this horse is set for more improvement as well, and then... This was when I was looking at it visually because you could just see where the grind came. Then I looked at the the, the splits, and there it is. From the four to the two, minus 1.3. Last 200 metres, minus four. 2.7 lengths drop-off over the last 200 metres. And this is it. This When they're fresh, Ralphie, you can go to the bank and you know that's conditioning drop-off that you are going to improve when you're doing your form as a form student. You can, like I said, you can take it to the bank. The horse can improve a couple of lengths. It looks, it looks exciting. I was going to Queensland yep. for sure for the uh, big t- stable there. We're having a couple of weeks off our preview podcast, Vince, and then we'll have a look at uh, South Australia and Queensland. But uh, anyway, we'll be in, in touch communication-wise there. In the meantime, though, our Group 1 members, you're going to receive a bonus podcast today of, uh, of the matchup. Amelia's Jewel versus Giga Kick versus I Wish I Win, which I'll just banter to Vince about. But in the meantime, thanks so much for checking out Year Round Carnival.